Final Boy Status is a podcast about scary movies and the stuff that happens in them. The entire horror genre is generally frightening and disturbing. So if you're a kid, be sure to ask your parents if it's okay for you to listen. Or don't. You'd probably be cooler if you didn't ask for their permission. But then again, I won't tell you how to live your life. Also, we will be discussing spoilers during this podcast, so don't say we didn't warn you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to another podcast. It is us, Final Boy Status. It's another podcast with three white men. Hey. Congratulations. The world was asking for it, and we gave it to it. <sighs> asking you shall receive. Oh, this is the demographic where, where that needs to be heard. This is the demigorgon that needs to get the voice out. This is, a, this is a podcast with three white men talking about movies. I don't think I don't think this exists. I think we're the only one like this. This is such a unique thing, and we're so grateful everybody is here to witness this outstanding, earth-shattering event. I'm making history. Anyways, uh, we're, if, if this is your first time tuning in, uh, this is a horror movie podcast. Uh, again, it's called Final Boy Status. What we do is we watch a horror movie that we want to watch, and then we talk about it and decide whether or not we could survive the horror movie so just like you do with your friends when it's halloween you're watching i don't know something super spooky like goosebumps Medea's or something halloween. yeah Medea's Medea's halloween. Halloween. <laughs> we kind of made the same joke but like two different movies <laughs> Medea's goosebumps halloween movie and you're screaming at the screen for the person not to split up or to go down the hallway by themselves or to say, hey, I need to use the bathroom, but nobody needs to come with me. I'm fine. I'm a strong, independent man, and I don't need anybody to come with me, and then they die. We are here to voice, to give a voice to those people who do that. Uh, so the movie this week is Friday the 13th, what is it, 2, Part, part two, 2, Part 2. It had to be, because this is coming out on a Friday the 13th. Like, we can't yeah. break form. Yep. Yeah. I guess we could. I don't know why I'm no. arbitrarily saying there are rules. <laughs> no, it's our podcast. Rules. We can do whatever we want. We can break those rules that we set up for one-time occasions. So, <laughs> that's how we do. <laughs> the continuity of this feels really... W- okay, so I'm going to... Behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm sorry meta. if the audience doesn't like behind-the-scenes stuff, but you're going to hear about it. Uh, you're going to hear it. So we've been taping season two for a bit, but we just took like an extended break because we wanted to do the Quiet Place movies. So A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place Part Two. So like I'm internally like my clock on where this episode is landing within the context of season two. My body clock is like haywire. I'm like, I don't know what anything is. I, fr- I The last movie, I guess... Like, sequentially, as you guys are listening to these, the last one you would have heard is The Babadook, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But for us, we watched The Babadook, like, a month ago. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, keeping track internally of, like, the schedule and things. Like, we have a a little cheat sheet right here. Even looking at this, I'm like, this is meaningless. I don't know what any of this means. (laughs) It's not being helpful. So, supposedly, this episode is coming out on 
August 13th, 2021, which is a Friday the 13th. Cool. So, of course, we have to talk about Friday the 13th Part 2. And we've done it before. We have we have done Friday the 13th, the original, Part 1. Uh, so if you haven't watched that, go check it out. We did do the first one. Um, and so... Yeah, so you can. Uh, it's it's very important that you watch the first movie, or you will be so lost. Like, it's <laughs> it's not like this movie opens with like a ten minute recap of the first movie. No, 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 no. Literally, the last back. ten moment, ten <laughs> minutes of the first movie are in the first ten minutes of this movie. So, but let's let's jump into the pre- to the premise. Uh, it also a disclaimer. It's been a week since we watched it together. And I already <laughs> forgot it immediately after it ended to kind of give you a spoiler into how I felt about the movie. But uh, does, do one of you guys want to take a crack at the the premise of the movie? What what like the the back of the Blu-ray sort of thing? Yeah, uh, I, yeah I mean, I, I luckily all the Friday the Thirteenth movies starting with Part Two on are basically the same. Yeah. Uh, so of course, uh, Mama Voorhees. Pamela was the killer in the first one. She got friggin' decap itated, decap itated, and um, uh, because of that, Jason Voorhees, a full-grown frogman living out in the woods, he's <laughs> he's none too happy. So he's going to have his revenge on these horny, horny teens. He's got a oh boy, he's got a slice and dice. He's got a he's gonna you know he's gonna tinker with the lineup. That's and right. he's going to go in and have a strong uh, strong season this year. He's, he's going to blow up the other team. He's just going <laughs> he's, he's to chop through the roster, gonna man. He's going to straight murder them. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, like yeah, that's that's yeah. the premise. Kids go to a summer camp. Jason Voorhees kills them. I feel like some movies you say the premise and it's like, but there's more to it. This movie, there's that's it. That's the premise, <laughs> you know? Like, it but, does not anything more than that. But. Nah. But what? But there's, uh, you know, they're on the other side of the lake, so it's true. You it's know, a different camp. Yeah, uh, there's neighboring camps. Yeah. This time, there's like a bunch of counselors that like go into town for the night and totally miss all of the murders. <laughs> yeah. They just go to have a good time and get drunk, and they're saved. Yeah. So what's what's that metaphor? I ask you that. If you go to church instead of summer camps. Hey, okay. Good job, buddy. This is great for an audio format <laughs> to be giving a thumbs up to a camera. Thumbs up. If you're watching on Sp- if you're listening on Spotify, uh, don't worry about it. So, um, usually, what we do before we get into the uh, actually talking about surviving, we like to break it down, talk about the killer, talk about the victims, how stupid or smart each one was. Before we do that, we'd like to give a brief uh, overview of how we felt about the film in two different realms. First, the quality, <laughs> and also the spoopiness. Both will be out of 13, uh, because spoopiness. So, uh, again, right, quality out of 13, spoopiness out of 13. Um, why don't we start with, with Lanson? How did you feel about it? Yeah, so this is... Uh... Not a great movie. I'm going to just throw that out there, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so, for quality, I'm going to give it I'll give it a five. A nice even five. And then for uh, spookiness, yeah, I mean, if you've seen the first, yeah, it's the, the same thing, just on the 
different side of the lake, and Mama Verhees is dead. So yeah, it's uh, a lot less of her teeth. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> Woman needs an orthodontist. Um, May I jump in with a quick question? Yes. Um, how many of the Friday the Thirteenth movies have you seen? Two. This one, first one. No, actually three. This one, this one, the first one, and Jason goes to space. Jason, Jason X. X. <laughs> what a what a good spread. Okay, um, if I may ask an additional question of you at this time. Yeah. Because we haven't messed around with franchises so much. I guess we did the I know what you did last summer series. First, first three episodes. The first we did. three. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the first three and the, the first three. I know what you did. Optimistically last expecting the there to be a fourth. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, there's going to be a fourth. Our they episodes. are actually rebooting it. Uh, Amazon is doing a reboot, but it's going to be a, a series, not a not a movie. Oh great, better. Yeah, so much better. <laughs> Just so you guys know, that's happening. I hope it's exactly like the third one. Um, yeah. I hope it takes place in Colorado again. Colorado, or but, does it take uh, place in Utah? And was fi- it was it, it was filmed in Utah. Took filmed place in, in Utah, Colorado. Took place in Colorado. Colorado that movie's a fever dream. Why do I care? Out a party. Um, but like we we haven't really done franchises as much. Yeah. And I feel like this is kind of an interesting opportunity to say like of the three that you've seen, how would you rank them? Like in terms of how much you like them. Well, Jason X is number one. Uh, Hot take. Hot take. Yep, yeah, that's the best. I've seen thus far um, the first one and then this one. So that's, All right. that's my was, three. This is the bottom, huh? This one's the bottom. bottom of the barrel. Yep. What, uh, and I'm sorry, I, I'm trying not to take up too much time with this because obviously we have other stuff we want to get to. I'm mostly just buying time because none of us remember the movie. Um, <laughs> what what uh, brings out the first one and makes that like better than this one in your opinion? Why is it? Why does it jut ahead? Kevin Bacon's booty. I get it. <laughs> Hit him with the pressed ham. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, I don't know. I feel like with the first one, I don't know, in my opinion, it's like it's the first to do the whole spiel of Friday the 13th, but then when the second one does the same thing, it's like, well, it's, you know, you're just copying and pasting. But at least with the first one, there's like a little bit of like, this is something we did that's somewhat original. Not super, I mean, but yeah. I and like, and both of you can weigh in on this. Sorry, I don't mean to. So, how many of the Friday the Thirteenth movies have you seen, Adam? Two. So just these two, mm-hmm. and like ranking them, would it be similar? Uh, yeah. Okay. So here's something interesting to bring up, which can work either to the detriment of the movie or in favor of the movie. Oh, God, I hope this is interesting to people listening. What the audience at home doesn't know is that there's we have a guest in the apartment sitting on the couch who looks like they're about to fall asleep with this line of questioning, <laughs> and it's making me really self-conscious. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, so, but I think one thing that the first movie has is it... The, the first movie is intended almost as a mystery where you don't know who's killing everybody until the reveal at the end that it's Pamela Voorhees, a character we've never met before. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, like from the get go is like, no, this is Jason. Like you can see Jason do his thing. It very much follows him. 
And I feel like it, an argument could be made in either direction where this movie is less interesting because the mystery is gone that is sort of involved in the first movie. Or maybe you like this movie more because you saw you got to see Jason in action. You got to see him take up the, the his mother's cause and become a killer in his own right. Where do you guys fall on that? Do you think... Because that was something I was thinking about while watching the movie. Is I was like, this is a lot less mysterious. They're right from the get-go letting you know who the killer is. And you very much see him do his thing. Do you think that's part of why this movie was less interesting to you? Was because that mystery was gone? Or are you actually falling in the camp of it was good to see Jason do his thing? Yeah. Um, I think I like the mystery element to it. As much as I love my jacked frogmen, you know. Uh, <laughs> I felt like having that element to it was was more exciting. Okay. Uh, I think this line of questioning, in my mind, it so to take this to myself, it kind of gives the first movie too much credit. The first movie wasn't interesting <laughs> at all, and this movie also wasn't interesting <laughs> at all. However, the end of the first movie, I thought she just was a better villain than Jason was. She was a more interesting villain. So I don't think the mystery itself made it more interesting. It was just to see Pamela Voorhees, uh, just this kind of middle-aged woman who was a killer, which was a super fun thing to watch. Um, That was more interesting. But yeah, it's not like the mystery. I was enraptured in, ooh, who is it? What's going on? Because, yeah, that, that didn't, that wasn't interesting to me. So... Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be done with this line of questioning. I was like, just jumping on the opportunity of we're doing a franchise movie, so we have an opportunity to compare to it compare to them. other things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where, like, you know, if we talk about, like, when we talked about the Babadook, you, there isn't a Babadook 2 where it's like, let's compare. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, <sighs> I'm praying. Every night I'm praying. Uh, I, you know, I was, I did have some correspondence with Harvey Weinstein for a while and he seemed interested, but I'm told he doesn't have the power he used to have. <laughs> he only has the power you give him, Luke. <laughs> he's, like like the, he's like the Babadook. He's like the Babadook of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. no, I think that was very interesting, and we can, it's not fair to compare this to the Baba Duke too. So you need something <laughs> else at least to to give credit to. Uh, but yeah, so let's let's think about this in terms of quantifying the the quality and the spookiness. What do we think? Um, yeah. Well, we 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 got a rating from you, yeah, Lanson. For yes, both for categories. Yeah, for quality and then spookiness. Um, yeah, I'll give it a three. wasn't Wasn't anything too crazy. That's not super scary. Jeez. Uh, uh, I guess, like, for my own two cents about how this ranks in the series, if we talk about like the mainline Friday the Thirteenth movies, the ones that are uh, the status quo movies, let's call them excluding the ones that really go out there and try to do something different like Jason X or like uh, Jason goes to hell. If we talk about like the mainline ones that are very much the status quo movies, uh, part two is my favorite of those. Hmm. Um, 
But if we talk about like thinking outside the box, I also very controversially would rank Jason X above this movie. <laughs> I think Jason X is a really fun one. Um, but I guess uh, the thing that things that click for me in this movie that I feel are an improvement over the first one. I like the characters so much more in this movie. Uh, the first movie, spending all that time with the characters is kind of a drag because they're kind of all not nice people in different ways. Uh, sort of the clown type character is just a giant a-hole who's like yep. everybody's indulging for some reason. The clown character in this one, who actually survives because he like goes off with the other campers to like be at a bar all night. He's actually funny. He's actually like cool to hang out with. Um, so I actually I I think this movie has much more interesting characters. I like spending time with these characters a lot more than I like spending time with the first batch. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, it's not. It doesn't take very long for the franchise to realize that Jason is the star, and the characters stop being interesting really really quick. So it was nice to have. It's nice to have it while it lasts. So I think that's a big uh, pro in its favor. I also think that with these movies, um, you're you're going in to see Jason in action. You know, that's really the only reason to watch them. If you're expecting anything high quality, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. And this movie, you just you see him in action. He does his thing. So this is the, in a lot of ways, this is the movie that defined. Obviously, it like we said, it's sort of copy-paste from the first one, but at the same time, it's somehow also the one that defines the movies going forward and says, this is the mold. Um, because they have Jason and because there's no ambiguity, we get to watch Jason kill people and it gets to be gorier and it gets to be more real. Uh, I, I think this one of like the status quo Friday the, th the 13th movies is my favorite. That being said, I agree with Lance and I'll probably give it like a five, maybe a six. Um. I, uh, in, and in terms of scariness, yeah, I don't know, maybe like a two, it's, it's not, it's not very scary. Um, you definitely have to sort of like temper your expectations going into it. It's a cheesy eighties movie made with no money. You really can't be expecting like, it's not Jaws, you know, it's not like, <laughs> it's not going to stand out as like one of the ultimate cinematic accomplishments as much as it's just going to be like something stupid you watch with your buddies late one night. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I got both ratings in. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I did what I needed to do. So, uh, for the first time on this podcast, I went back and rechecked <laughs> what my old rating well one of my old ratings i didn't check both of them but the first one i gave as far as quality i gave it a um f i gave it a three i'm pretty sure oh wow so i didn't like that one i like this one a lot less <laughs> and that's kind of stumping me i i think these movies are like i get wanting to just see someone just kill people like that is not unenjoyable in my head i think that's a fun thing that's a fun idea to me just the payoff wasn't worth waiting through this movie to me it, it just felt unoriginal it felt um kind of boring honestly again like i forgot the movie immediately after it ended because nothing stuck out to me 
as something that was interesting. I think the end where she kind of has this creative way of dealing with Jason and where she's like pretending to be the mom is creative in concept where you like, I'd imagine they're in the writer's room and they're like, yo, what if we have her do this? And they're like, oh, that's good. Which I think if it was in a better movie might be better, but it just feels kind of tacked onto this. There's no good, there's not, not a, a, a satisfying resolution with it. I didn't like it. I'm going to give it a two. It feels pretty low, but I got to stay consistent to my other, <laughs> other rating. I don't remember what I gave in spookiness for the last one, but I'll give it a one. I think it's not scary at all, but there are times you see blood. So, you know, yeah. You and in fairness, dog. like if we stay with our pattern moving forward and every time we happen to release an episode on Friday the 13th, <laughs> we do a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. I will say that, like, there is an evolution to these, which is at least nice, which is, like, um, I mean, it's the same in premise every single time, but at least, like, if we ever do part three, that's going to suck, because part three is, like, I really hate it, and that's where we really get to the depths of, like, copy-paste. Um <laughs> But, like, starting with, like, part four, they start to do stuff like they introduce, like, Tommy Jarvis and an actual, like, enemy for uh, Jason to face off against in multiple movies. So it's like at, so at some point they do evolve things and it's not always the same. So I don't want to make it seem like, yeah, buckle in. It's going to be the same forever. Uh, but, like, it, you know, it is fair to note that these movies very much are... Uh, I mean, movie making in general, like, taking risks is far more often, like, something that goes wrong and not something that ends up getting rewarded. So with these movies, the first one was a smash hit, made a ridiculous amount of money, so they're like, don't change a thing. Like, we are not taking risks on anything, just do the same thing again. Because that's, you know, that's 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 Hollywood. <laughs> Not to be, like, aggressively, like, negative or anything, but it's, like, for a truly original idea to have any standing in Hollywood is remarkable. <laughs> yeah. In horror movies, I think this is, I mean, this is just the dark side of the moon when it comes to horror movies where, you know, it's really, really cheap to make. It's very, very easy to make, and a thousand people watch it. And so it kind of is a detriment to the entire horror genre, in my opinion, because there are movies that are really, really cheap to make, really easy to make, and are pretty good. I think things like the Blair Witch Project show that a low budget doesn't necessarily mean a low quality of movie. Um, but I think this kind of movie is is kind of a reflection of how horror can kind of be eating itself alive at the same time. So yeah. this was just such, just kind of the in my mind the the shining example of that whole thing so maybe that's why i'm so uh against it i'm sure maybe after a week i'll be like i was really hard on that movie but i think it, i was like in a mood where i was like man i wish yeah i was just thinking of horror in general and kind of the effects of it on it but no i appreciate that the three of us have such different perspectives where lanson's almost like yeah it was fine adam was like this was a terrible experience and i'm like I don't, I, I, of the Friday the 13th movies, this is one of the ones I like more. So <laughs> You get some different takes, y'all. Hey. Form your um, own opinion. Let us know. That being said, like the Friday the 13th movies are what they are. And like 
uh, sorry, I just went on a rant about how Hollywood is unoriginal, and I got to bring something up. Um, I just I, I watched a movie like a few days ago, a movie called Flashback, which came out earlier this year. A movie which, by the way, I've heard nothing about. I looked it up like a little bit online. It's getting really mixed reviews. A lot of people really hate it. Some people really like it. I think it's my favorite movie of 2021 so far. Yeah. Because it's so far in the deep end of not playing it safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not everybody's going to have the same reaction to it that I had. I had a very specific reaction to it that was based in my own life, my own experiences, and the emotions it elicited in me while I was watching it. But it's just this thing of, like, it is tough to sit here and sing the praises of Friday the 13th, knowing how, like, cheap and, and like, they, they, rec- they represent, right, movies as commerce as opposed to movies as art. So it's hard for me to sit here and be like, I don't know, Friday the 13th Part 2, pretty good, and internally be thinking about a movie I watched a couple days ago where I'm like, this is, like... This is like movies as art. Yeah. So it's it it I you really do have to have that concept of this movie was a cash grab, like plain and simple. Uh, a lot of the Friday the Thirteenth movies are. So if you want something artistic, go watch something like Flashback. Go find something that's like not a lot of people are talking about. That's like underrated. That's getting like divide. That's kind of divisive in people reviewing it. Go find something like that, because that's a much more interesting experience if you want art. This is purely, like, movies as commerce. I, I think that's the perfect way to describe Friday Couldn't the agree more. Yeah. Watch it so you can follow along, but <laughs> if you're not going to, just don't watch it. <laughs> All right. Cool. It, do we feel the like The person we've... on the couch laughed out loud at, <laughs> at, at Adam saying that. So, okay. <laughs> okay. That's where we're at. Do we? Do, how do we feel about our our opinion of the film? Anything else we want to touch on before we jump into the meat of the podcast? Oh lord, I feel like I I really feel like I'm just trying to buy time because I don't remember what happened in the movie. Well, we could try. We we can try give it a shot. It, yes. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's nothing left to do. Like we just have to try. And that's I'm willing to. I'm excited to try. Uh, and just scour my memory and figure it because between the three of us, we can patch this together, right? Yeah, I right. believe in us. Yeah, I've uh, got some there, memories. You've yeah, got some memories. There are some teenagers. teenagers. They're real horny. Yep. And then a frog boy comes out of nowhere and is like, "No more horny." Stabity stab stab slicey slice slice. So this is pr- this this part will probably be the easier of the two sections where we talk about the killer because uh, he's more rem- memorable than the victims are oh for sure he's jason he doesn't quite have the uh the mask yet he's got a pillowcase (laughs) he's got he's got some dirty pillowcase or something who knows the side of the from the side of the road or something yep and uh and he's out for revenge for his mother whose severed head is sitting in his little shack (laughs) and her clothes i would like to appreciate the comedy that uh i think this this movie was written by a guy named ron kurtz i think He gave so little thought to any kind of logic that he was like, all right, Jason's out for revenge for the death of his mother, who was killed because she was taking revenge for the death of Jason. Anyway, uh... Time to slash some teens. Anyway, this one girl goes skinny dipping. <laughs> that was his writing process, which is... It's it's so great. I'm sorry. It is cheesy and it's dumb, but it, it genuinely makes me smile. <laughs> that somebody was like, yeah, this this works. This will be fine. 
So he's a tough killer for me, at least, to really wrap my head around because it's kind of ambiguous what he is and what he can do because he's dead. Is he, though? But I never found a body. But is he? Also, he was a boy in the last movie. Now he's a full-grown man. Oh, frog man. <laughs> so you know he was a tadpole in the first one. Now he's a full frog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like the one thing, like the the probably like guiding star of doing this franchise movie by movie, is we're just gonna have to assess Jason movie by movie. Yeah, because like he in, probably gets more defined as it goes on. And also, like, I have I have actually seen all of the Friday the 13th movies, with the exception of, I think it's called New Blood. It's more famously called Jason vs. Carrie, so I don't remember exactly what it was called. Mm-hmm. I have not seen that one. Um, but there does come a point where they straight up just confirm that he is, like, an un... He is a supernatural entity that's, like, impossible to kill. Oh, great. So we'll have to deal with that when we get there. Yeah, yeah. But I like, like the idea of not touching that yet, though, because we, we have no idea right now. Yeah, we, have to, we just have to take it one movie at a time, I <coughs> yeah. think. Yep. And I think in this movie, like, the implication is he's just a dude that's been living in the woods for, like, 20, 30 years, something like that. Yep. So, okay, because that's where I was confused. So in this movie, we are assuming he didn't actually drown. No. He's alive. He stayed yeah. alive somehow. He just floated to the other edge and was like, this is my life now. I'm not going to come around and be like, I didn't drown. It's okay, mom. Mom, mom. Don't turn into a killer. His, his mom like immediately abandoned him. She saw him like thrashing around in the water, was like, my son is dead, left the camp. He showed up like 10 minutes later and was like, where's my mom? <laughs> just playing around. Also, that's the other thing where she's like, yeah, I saw the whole thing. thing. I saw him drown. It's like, you didn't help him? Like, you didn't try? You didn't call yeah, for help? Yeah, there's that weird flashback of her watching her son dry, drown, and it's like, you you didn't feel the need to get involved? Not even, like, I don't know, even if it's not that long, just grabbing a stick. Come get it, come Look, get it, Jason. I know that boomers have a thing about participation trophies, but this feels like a time where participation <laughs> is necessary. Absolutely. Indeed. Just put your hand in and help. So maybe <laughs> Jason was looking for revenge on his mom, but that was taken from him. He was him. robbed. <laughs> so, he's, so now he's exacting revenge on teenagers, uh, screwing yeah. up his plans. He's been lifting weights in the woods, sharpening his machete, and then Picking up logs. The, old, the old broad gets decapitated, and now he has to get his bloodlust out on all these teens. So there's that. Just to imagine, like, all, I mean, he's a much more complex character in those terms. Because yeah, he is. He's gone from being somebody who's mad at teenagers for being horny and letting him drown to teenagers were horny, almost let him drown, and then stole the opportunity of revenge from him. He hates them on so many different levels now. It's so much more interesting. So you're welcome, Friday the 13th. <laughs> Lanton's doing a draft on the new script for the for the reboot of the reboot. It's also going to be a series. <laughs> on Amazon. On Amazon. <laughs> so, well, yeah, so in the context of this movie, let's what what are his strengths and weaknesses? Well, let's start with strengths. What what does he have going for him? Well, he's he seems he's big, he's, he's big athletic, he's, he's strong, he's a, you know, so he's yeah. got that going for him. He could be a quarterback if he wanted to. Yes, he could be a <laughs> nickelback if he wanted to at this point. 
Look at this Jason graph. Because <laughs> as everybody knows, a nickel is more than a quarter, so, you know. Anyway, right, right, what right, I'm trying to say, nailed it. he's a thick boy, so he's got that <laughs> going for him. He's been doing so many squats. Yeah. So he's many squats. His deadlift is off the chain, bro. Just putting a friggin' log on his shoulders and squatting it. <laughs> he built his own log cabin by hand. And it shows. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it shows. It is not good. It's not a good cabin. <laughs> not a great a long carpenter. time to do it. Yeah. Uh, I do feel like every time I watch this particular one, the thing, the thing that I always forget about is... In this first outing for Jason, he's very dependent on the element of surprise. Yeah. Um, one could argue that Alice... No, that's not even her name. That's the girl from the first movie. I, 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 for, we're ending I the podcast. Just forget it. <laughs> what's the point? Forget it. No, um, whoever the final girl is in this and her friggin' boy toy, whatever his friggin' name is... Um, these bunch of morons um <laughs> genuinely i think the only reason they make it through the movie is they basically don't is jason doesn't have the chance to surprise them yeah yeah like they get back to the camp everybody's freaking dead and they're like this is a problem and then jason shows up and they're like oh fight back everybody else that dies very much he they're not expecting him yeah so i i i feel like that's always something i forget about with this movie which is the only characters he doesn't catch by surprise are the ones that survive. So, worth thinking about that <laughs> if he if you are beyond the surprise, you it might be a lot easier. Yeah, if you stand still, he won't see you. His vision is like people don't know this, but Jason Voorhees sees like a T Rex. Like yeah. if you stand really still, he's got nothing. That's why <laughs> that's. That's most of why he kills horny teens while they're having sex is just all the movement. The it's, motion. It's perfect for his vision. <laughs> Predator vision. <laughs> just, I'm just imagining that. You just going at a full sprint, running away from him, and then just, like, stopping in front of him. What happened? <laughs> Not again! He speaks for the first time in the franchise. You go, what the hell? Man, these teenagers are learning. <laughs> they're evolving. <laughs> uh... Here's also a question that I was trying to figure out when I was watching the movie. Yeah. Did they... Well... Well, I think I answered my own question, because there are these okay. POV shots where he's watching them, but then those teens go into Camp Crystal Lake, is what it's called, right? Yeah, that's the original. And so oh, in my yeah. mind, while I was watching, I was like, oh, they kind of like evoked... Because the whole time I was thinking he was a sp- supernatural entity, but I was like... They, they evoked his spirit. Now he's going to kill them because he, he, they walked on his turf. But he was kind of on to them before that, wasn't he? Because I'm trying to figure that out as like a weakness because if, if they have to go into the, the, the camp where everybody got killed and it's super creepy for him to be aware of their existence, that, that's kind of a, a weakness. But I, I don't okay, I I half have a question. I half have an answer to this. Nice. Um, it might not apply to this era of the franchise. Is okay. the problem? Uh, I do know for a fact that the Friday the Thirteenth reboot that came out in two thousand nine, I think it was Michael Bay produced. It's more detail than you need. I got I'm so fired. <laughs> Adam and Lance are gonna fire me, you guys. 
We are. Uh, <laughs> we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. It's not even a problem for us. Um, what I will say is that the writers who worked on that, who are now attached to reboot it again, mm-hmm. they said that uh, their approach to Jason is just that he was because he spent so long out in the woods, he was kind of like an animal. Uh-huh. And so they perceived him as being a territorial creature. Mm. So it's a thing of if you're on his territory, he has just like pure feral instinct and he's going to get rid of you however he sees fit. Um, so that was how they approached him in the reboot. I can't speak as to whether or not that was intentional in this movie. But uh, I think um, if you like, if you would like, we can put that. <laughs> if you would like, we well. can just apply that to <laughs> him. I was thinking that during the movie, and I didn't know that fun fact. So I'll, I mean, I, I think that could be part of it. If you like, stay on your side of the lake and just kind of do your thing, you also might be okay. At least you, you might be okay. Yeah. We could at least say. Yeah. If you're yeah. just like not trying to be dumb and and go to his cabin or you know right yeah um i would also like to point out that uh something that could be a weakness like i said uh in this movie he seems to depend on the element of surprise but what's interesting is everybody in the movie knows about him yeah like he's like True. a he's like a legend. They literally use him as like a campfire story. Mm-hmm. The first night they're all there is like a joke of like, oh man, like don't go near Camp Blood or Jason Voorhees will get you. Um, so like the only reason that we're ends up like not mattering to his element of surprise is because the character none of the characters believe that he's actually real. Yeah, same except for the main chick who's gone for the because she was kind of like onto it she was like oh it actually does really scare me because i remember that scene in the bar where she's talking oh, yeah. about it so she kind of believes it but nobody else does but she it doesn't matter anyways because she kind of misses the whole the, the initial strike of jason anyways yeah. yeah so i i mean um so that's a potential weakness is that so. if he's dependent on the element of surprise it's worth noting everybody knows about him yeah but also a weakness of the characters is none of them really take that seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's no. the thing. I, I, th- I could think of a weakness kind of to go off that they also know what he did. So, well, th- they know what his mom did. They know that everybody was massacred in that other camp. And so to me, like you said, there could be uh, suddenly they say, well, even though that was... Uh, because this happens all the time even though that was an isolated experience let's do some things to prepare if that happens again sure. let's go through some drills yeah let's let's never be alone let's always let's have a buddy system like uh, i think a smart camp especially being around the same lake that this happened would at least have a couple protocols right. <laughs> that they're like you know what it was an isolated incident she ended up dying but let's let's do these things to prevent this from happening because we are very isolated they didn't do it <laughs> yeah but they could have done it yeah you know what's really weird about that is in friday the 13th part six i think the first time in the whole for the first time in the whole series we actually see campers at the camp wow 
every other every other movie it's about like camp counselors or kids just going up to a cabin for fun mm-hmm. um but we actually see kids at the camp in part 6 and there's actually a whole scene where like some like somebody sees Jason at the camp they raise an alarm and the kids all like get under their beds like it's an earthquake drill like they trained for it wow which okay. is like it's played for comedy in the yeah. sixth one because the sixth one has is like way funnier than the rest of them. Um, but there is sort of that weird thing of like you're saying all this, but they do actually do that at some point well, in the franchise. Them. They do like fire drills for Jason. Nice. <laughs> and the thing about that, Adam, when you bring up that point, it just brings the image to my mind like you're the archery or like the rifle merit badge counselor <laughs> and you're just cleaning your gun or doing your thing. I'm just imagining you being aware and then just seeing this frog boy in, like, a pillowcase, like, walking around with a machete, and it's like, you should probably take that guy out. Plunk. End of movie. <laughs> <laughs> right through the pillowcase. And and again, yeah, like, as far as we know, he's just a weird dude that's been living in the woods for a while. Like, yeah. no suspicion that he is an entity other than human. So like in this movie, I feel like normal human weaknesses apply. It's just nobody actually has the opportunity to do that. Yeah. So again, I feel like it, talking about surviving this movie kind of comes down to us in the place of the victims. Like when we profile the killer, obviously he's very famous, but this is not the famous version of him. Yeah. yeah. This is still early days. They don't know who he is. So from this movie's perspective, he's kind of just some guy. Yeah. Right? Um, obviously, psychologically really disturbed, feels an impulse to kill, um, has weird feelings about his mom that you can exploit, <laughs> and the final girl very much does exploit. Um, but other than that, like he is still just like some guy. So it's like... Yeah, like Lanson said, if, if you got a bow and arrow... You probably stand a good, like if there's a projectile weapon, you're you're doing pretty good. Yeah. You're, you're in a good place. Yeah, but I guess that the, element like, of surprise that that'll yeah. kill you. Again, like the probably like the only person who kind of even comes near to having the drop on Jason, I guess, is the sheriff who like chases him through the woods, which is another like case to be made for Jason being territorial. Yeah, because the cop is like driving through his side of the lake sees him in the bushes and then chases after him and that's when jason kills him yeah it was kind of more defensive so i guess that's another argument to be made that he might be a territorial creature frog person Yeah. yeah um and again like the cop gets to the cabin and is looking around at the shoddy workmanship i don't probably like marking osha violations or whatever the helicopter does and he's like looking the other way and jason sneaks up behind him and gets him with a hammer which is great. Which is, uh, I mean, I we're, we spent so much time bashing the movie, we neglected to say that the kills in the movie are yeah, all great. They are. They're yeah. they're fun. They're gory, way gorier than the first. Yep. And it's it's a good time. But uh, I feel like he's the one that comes the closest to having the drop on Jason, and Jason still surprises him. <laughs> so I, I don't know. This is kind of an interesting thing because it's like. I feel like Jason survives this movie almost just like by accident. Like he has no sense of self-preservation. He has no sense of, or at least not one that is like noteworthy within the film. He doesn't seem to be that interested in self-preservation. He doesn't seem to 
outsmart anybody particularly so much as he just has been living in the woods and his guides him through this movie well enough that at the end he's still alive. Yeah. I think I'd agree with that. Uh, are there any other weaknesses or strengths we want to pinpoint about Jason? So obviously there's the weakness of him with his mom, which probably already got brought yeah, up. But kind of a definitely, sentimental weakness. Yeah, definitely that. You know, just an old mama's boy, a yeah. froggy mama's boy. So yeah, there you go. I mean, um, I feel like that pillowcase could really be used against him. Like if somebody just once like yanked on the pillowcase so that the eye hole was misplaced, he'd be blind for like a solid minute while he was trying <laughs> to glasses, figure that out. My glasses. Yeah, I, I agree. We, that's, a, that's a really dumb point to make, but I stand by well, it. We <laughs> joked about his vision not being good, and that's what came to my mind. I was like, he oh, can't man. see well with that pillowcase, I'm sure. Just so. imagining somebody fishing at night and catches their hook right on that bad boy. And just, <laughs> oh, I can't see. <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, like, it's literally just like a tiny little eye hole. Only one, by the way. Not like yeah, there's two. not two. So it's like, I don't know, like, if he's coming at you, just, like, do a real quick... I'm not gonna... Should I reach into your camera? Do it. Surprise, I'm here. Just do a real quick, like, whoop, just so he doesn't know where the eye hole is. He's gonna be distracted for a minute trying to get the eye hole back in place, and then, I don't know, you, you like, pinata that stab, bastard. Yeah. <laughs> pinyonga. Pinyonga. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean... No. It's interesting because, like I said, he's very animalistic. Mm -hmm. So talking about killing him is like, it's not impossible. Like There are definitely weaknesses you can exploit. It's just, it's kind of like talking about like killing a bear. Like it, it's very possible you could do it, but thinking about it feels overwhelming. Like for some reason, yeah. Obviously, depending on the bear, like definitely got a ton it with its with its mother, you know. All bears have that weakness, so that's that's a good. Yeah, point. you have it's to pretend bear. to be the bear's mom. Yep, that's why I dress up like a bear when I go bear hunting. Really? When you go bear hunting? Yeah, bear hunting. Yeah, <laughs> plenty of times. Black bear, grizzly bear. There's a season for that. Year round. You they just allow it. You take as many. Well, I don't know who they are. But <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> Think I, yeah, you think I'm worried about the laws of the land? I can kill a bear with my bare hands. What do, what do I you think bro, the government's going to do? What is that cop going to do? <laughs> i tell you what I'm going to do. Just just run. I'm just going to run. And that's uh, that's going to be about it. <laughs> You're just a cabin like a with my bear. bare hands. <laughs> I'm going to camouflage as a bear. They're going to be like, we can't arrest a bear. There was a guy hunting bears out here, but now there's a bear. We can't get anybody. Ah, oh, he vanished into thin air. It's almost like a weird sur- superhero that I kind of am into. I want to see more of that guy. I I am having some weird phantom memory of. I think Tim Baltz did a character like that on a podcast or something, (laughs) like a guy who disguised himself as a bear in the woods for like five years or something. Nice. Not Sorry, that's just for me and Lance and audience at home. Don't worry about it. What were we talking about? We're talking about. I think we're wrapping up weaknesses. Yeah, I think that. I I mean, unless there's anything else, I feel like again the killer is pretty jason is pretty well defined let's talk about the victims i feel like there's less to say because for one i don't remember them as much and two there's not a whole lot more than what we said about the first one but let's talk about the victims so what uh what are the the main let's start positive what are the main strengths (laughs) with, with the victims um 
I mean, in, in terms of, like, the fight, I can't think of anything. I do really like the characters. Like I said, it's not like watching the first one where you spend the first, like, 60 minutes with the characters and it's such a slog. This one, it's actually fun to be around the characters for the most part, I guess. Um, there's, like, some... A couple places where it's not very fun. Um, in terms of, like, strengths, I don't know. I think... Um, this is one where, uh, like I said, we have sort of a funny thing of, like, there's a mass exodus where, like, almost everybody leaves for the night. They leave behind, I think, no, they leave behind six people. Three guys, three girls. Sounds about right, yeah. I'm just doing it, trying to do a head count. There's, uh, there's Crop Top, whose name I don't remember. Terry. <laughs> I can't believe that you still remember that after all this time. How could I forget? And that's a fashion statement. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, there's Crop Top and the creepy guy who was like following her around and stole her clothes when she went skinny dipping. Yeah, and he, yeah. There's Mark, wheelchair guy, who wheelchair was really guy. cool. There was the girl who was trying to hook up with Into him. Into wheelchair guy, yeah. And then there was the horny couple who were the ones who infringed on Camp Blood earlier because they wanted to have a look around. Right. And then... Later, Final Girl and her boy toy show up just, like, after all the action, I think. I don't think I'm missing everyone. I think that's everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean... Hmm. In terms of strengths, one thing I will point out is all of the drinking happens in town. So all of these kids are actually, like, the kids in the camp are sharp. They're not on anything. They haven't taken any drugs. They haven't... Uh, had any drinks um so like there's that uh i mean really when it comes down to it i feel like all of those kids are they seem pretty capable it's just again like they don't they don't take the idea of jason seriously yeah. like the one couple is like cares about it so little that they go trespassing on camp blood and get arrested by that cop because they're like yeah it doesn't matter we can be out here like who cares um so i don't i don't know it's hard to say like any strengths because they don't have the opportunity to have strengths really yeah the story's not really about that they none of them really face off with Jason. yeah they they rarely have the upper hand with him they just kind of get picked off yeah they're the just end. doing their own thing until they're surprised by jason yeah i don't know um i mean we know mark's an athlete um uh, he might have the chance to at least grapple with jason a bit before like um you know if he wasn't completely taken by surprise Maybe he could grapple with Jason, try to get a weapon away from him, and turn it back on him. Because, uh, I, I mean, you know, he arm wrestles like a champ. Uh, I don't know. I, Yeah, it's just a lot of these kids, like, so... So, all right, let's get this out of the way. It's going to be involved with every Friday the 13th movie, which is... Let's let, like let's set like a meter. There's like a horny meter, right? Right. And the majority of these kids, the night they're alone at camp, 
if a scale of one to ten, they're like a solid nine or ten on the horny meter. They are very horny. Yep. And these movies kind of depend on Jason always gets the element of surprise because the kids are too horny to notice him coming. <laughs> yeah, they just horniness overtakes you and you cannot hear a thing it's just tunnel vision i mean not to be weird but like the first guy that dies is creepy guy who steals crop tops crop top um he's the first guy that dies be and like that situation is like not reacted to properly at all right because he's like running away with her clothes and gets caught in a trap and like yep. pulled right. up and is hanging upside down and he and Crop Top are like, oh, this is such a great joke. Hey, cut me down, and then, like, we'll probably have sex. Awesome. And then she, and then Crop Top leaves, and Jason shows up and slits that guy, like, in half or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, no reaction to that was proper. Like, mm-hmm. there shouldn't, that trap shouldn't exist. Right. There's no reason for that trap to be out there. And they brush it off like, oh, man, of course I stepped in a trap. Yeah. Oh man, cut me down! Like, come on, babe! Like, it was it was so weirdly handled to me that it was like, again, they're like a nine or ten on the horny meter, to the point where logic no longer exists. Right to the point where like, oh yeah, of course this trap was here. So silly that I stepped in it. Like, what a klutz! No, I would be really like, why is this here? This does not bode well. This is awry. Something's not right here. No. Um. Mark is probably a little bit lower on the horny horny scale, surprisingly enough, because that girl has to be real forward with she him to get anywhere. Bold, yeah. yeah. Um But again, like he kind of folds to that instinct and he's like getting ready to have sex with her when Jason sneaks up and friggin' machetes him in the face. Yeah. In the face. Um that one girl is like thinking, yeah, that one girl is just all she's thinking about is having sex with Mark. So she gets killed and then he kills the other two in a twofer while they're having sex. Yeah, with the spear. So like, I feel like the number one thing we got to just, uh, if we're give, if we're taking, if we're meeting this movie on its terms, putting ourselves within the context of this movie... I feel like we have to be open and honest about where we would be on the horny meter because this movie depends on us being really high on the horny meter to the point where we won't see a giant frog man coming to kill us. So when we put ourselves in the place of these victims, I feel like it's fair to assume that if you see him coming, you have a chance. Yeah. But the, if we're meeting this movie on its terms, we have to be honest about whether or not we would notice him coming or if we'd be like, oh, man, crop top. She's so cool. <laughs> oh, man. I really hope. Like, oh, man. I hope we get the, oh, so much smooching. I hope we uh, oh, I want get some kisses. Get smooching. Yeah. Gonna, oh, so many smooching <laughs> with crop top. She's so cool. You've oh. literally said the same three things in succession. Just, I'm just, oh, just changing the order. Oh, kissing crop oh, top at some crop camp. top and so much crop top and smooching on crop oh, top and then the I'm crop so, top. I'm so glad we both took these jobs at the summer camp. 
I can't believe she's the coolest girl I ever met. This is I Luke being himself this. in this scenario, by the way. So he's he's too her he's too horny. He's gonna die. Luke's a twelve love, out of ten. I love that this is my version of horny. That's like, oh, she's so cool. Like, I hope we can like hang hold out, her hand, hold her hand, and like we Man, can do some kissing. Maybe That'd we can talk about great. our dreams and talk about what we want to I do. I could ask her about where she got that crop top. <laughs> I want one. It's hot I, out I, could, I, I could use one. It's hot out. It's real hot out. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's a good point. Because, you know, I mean... You have to yeah, factor that in. That's a, that is definitely going to hinder your, your senses quite a bit. But I would say for me, like... I like the outdoors, but I'm always deathly afraid of something out in the outdoors. <laughs> and I think my fear of death would override my horniness. So, I'm, I'm not to say that I'm going to be like a Navy SEAL out there. But I feel like... I'll give myself like a seven, a seven on the hoardiness meter. So like, there's a chance that is so much higher than I was expecting. To be honest with you, well, you know, like, yeah. Lance is like a straight black belt. Like when he's <laughs> he's 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 great. He's, he's great. When I'm on, Man's I'm on. Eat. But you know, sometimes when the moon is full and the crop top is croppy, I gotta <laughs> you know, I gotta turn into a werewolf. So there you go. Yeah, uh, I. Here's another level of this that I also want to add because before everyone gets horny, there's also two groups who stay or go. And yep. I think we also have to decide would we stay or would we go? Because if you oh, go and you're horny, kind of yeah. doesn't matter because yeah. you're horny in a Just bar and that's fine. It, yeah. But if you're staying and you're horny, that's where it's bad. And I honestly think I would probably want to go. Yeah. Uh, because you're at this camp and you're going to be there for like six weeks, whatever the fetch. Right. Right. And so I feel like the the more I get into town and, and I, I don't personally party like they were doing, but, but if I did do <laughs> he goes that. goes way harder. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> it's a, it's a three day event for me. But if I'm just doing the I couple hours in town. <laughs> I ain't coming in. I'm going, I'm going to the bar. I'm, I'm leaving that place because I'm going to be yeah, there all week. Right. So I think. I I think I would probably be off the charts with the horniness level, but I wouldn't be there for it to be a factor. Is is my argument? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, here's where here's where I fall on this. Let's let's get needlessly complicated. Okay, let's sure. complicate it up. So, um, I guess whether I go to town or whether I stay at the camp would be determined by. If there was a, we'll say a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say a woman. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Could be a guy. We'll say a woman. Yeah. Could be a frogman. Could be a frogman. You never know. Those frog boys. Oh, I'm not going to say that. Boy, boy. Just gross. Power, I mean. Come on. Power. The, um, the, 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 the leg power on those frog boys. Um so boys. let's say there's let's say there's a Many woman that I'm working with a, a a fellow teenage camp counselor that I'm working with at this camp that I am very oh, interested in going with having guy. a relationship with sure. whether I stay or whether I go I think would definitely be partially determined by whether she stays mm-hmm. or goes yeah um and not to be like super boring, but just like my personal attitude about like <laughs> horniness and sex and the like is like I'm not I I personally am not as cartoonish as the people in these oh, movies. Yeah. Really? No. 
And it's worth pointing out that these people have known each other for two days. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would feel comfortable having sex with anybody. So I don't think it would even be on my mind. I would make a decision based on, hey, you know what? Crop top is really cool. I'd like to get to know her better. Mm -hmm. So I'll go where she goes just so I have the chance to get to know her better. Sure. See if there's something there. I don't think I'd be in the headspace of, like, if she stays at the camp, I got to stay at the camp because that's going to be the only chance we get all summer to hook up. Like, I I would not even be in that headspace the way kind of everybody that stays at the camp seems to stay because they know if they stay, they're going to have sex. Yeah. Right? I don't necessarily think that that's where my mind would be. But at the same time... Like, if I put myself on the horniness scale, I guess I'm still technically guilty of being horny. At the very least, I'm guilty of simping because I just find... Because <laughs> there'd be a girl that I'm like, oh, she seems really cool. I want to get to know her better. Is she going to town? I'll go to town. Is she staying? I'll stay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would totally be guilty of doing that. But I don't know that I'd be, like, going... I, I don't know that I'd be, like, firing off all my ammunition, trying hard to get laid that night. Yeah. I feel like I'd be much more willing to just, like, see where things go. Sure. And you have all summer. I think that's another yeah, thing. Yeah, right? They, like, to your point, they all act like tonight is the night where it's like, like you said, we have all summer, man. We could do this all summer. It's fine. So I'm kind of <laughs> with you there. I don't think I would be off the charts, but I would be out of town. So there you go. I mean, And, like, also, in fairness, if I was in, like, a mark position... Where a girl basically straight up like is like have sex with me, I know I would handle that. <laughs> We're going way deep into Luke's like here. <laughs> well, I mean, like if I'm in like my rational Please. state, of, if I'm in like my rational state of mind, I feel like I'd probably be like, "Hey, um, it's not that I don't want to; it's that I don't want to right now." Yeah. If I was in my rational state of mind, but also like. I don't like if really pretty girl like hey let's have sex right now I don't know what my reaction to that would be offhand so well, good to I know. don't know maybe I could be like maybe I could just end up being like the mark where it's like I'm not all that horny but then suddenly somebody's like let's have sex and I'm like oh real jump in my in my, <laughs> in my meter <laughs> to summarize um, I think the thing about the victims is they didn't have a chance to show their strengths. And so most of where they are coming from is the potential to do well. Uh, the execution wasn't there for me in the movie because some of them didn't have a chance. And they also didn't prepare as much as they could have. But I think this is a good segue unless there's anything else we want to talk about. Um, with like the to, victims. I'd like to spend three more minutes talking about how we personally would handle our horniness. <laughs> so you get a little handle further it. into that. If um, I didn't really kill the energy in the room by harping on that. <laughs> it's the sound of... Why does that sound so funny to me? <laughs> <laughs> because it's funny, Adam. Because I'm funny, Adam. Just admit it. All these years you you've been denying me you and my jokes. You are funny. You are. Oh funny. man, that's way worse. Just you funny. are funny. Please stop, stop this right now. When it comes to us surviving this movie, because how they did it, it was poorly. I guess you could argue if if we could do much better, but that's what we'll do right now. Is is how would we fare if we were in the movie? Uh, at the end of the show, if this is your first time, we 
see if we can survive in two different ways if we could reach final boy status which is kind of going along with the cliche of these kind of slasher type movies where there's a final girl who survives everything then we've kind of added this final boy who almost survives everything who's like the second to last one but then dies at the end so we just see first if we could at least make final boy status and then if we can make the coveted final girl status where where do we think we fare with final boy status we'll start with what do we think yeah we hear from you first lappin yes of course but of course yeah so i think i'm making final boy status because i'll be honest i'm probably going to go into town because <laughs> yeah as much as i love you know chilling at a summer camp that i'm going to be at it the whole summer i don't so i'd probably you know <laughs> go play some mortal Kombat or whatever yeah. um yeah so i think i would make it in that sense you know I'd at least give myself a fighting chance there where everybody else got picked to pieces and I'm just, you know, hey, what's up, guys? Oh, no, there's blood. Whoa, what happened? And, yeah, so... Can't, and, can't believe you did this. I can't believe you committed suicide. <laughs> I can't help you now. I can't help you. I can't believe... <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm an American. An American. Oh man, that that's, actor. A, that's a reference to Neil Breen, the actor, writer, director. Uh, look him up on YouTube. National, Definitely don't watch one of his movies, but look him up on YouTube. National Treasure. Yeah, I tell you what. So yeah, I think I would make Final Boy status just just for uh, sake of me not being there when the killing goes down. That's fair. What about you, Luke? Uh, I'm gonna agree every step along the way. Like I said, the only thing that might convince me to stay is if. I'd hit it off really well with a girl who was staying, but also like, I mean, obviously I present a very extroverted side of myself on this podcast and I do kind of fit into both categories, but I'm, I'm a little more introverted in real life than I am on the podcast. And so I don't know that I'd be the guy that's like making real good friends with people day one and day two. It takes me longer to like get used to people and feel feel good around him so the i feel like the odds of me like meeting somebody day one or day two that i hit it off with to the degree that i'm going to stay to hang out with them i feel like the chances of that happening are real slim so i'm gonna go ahead and say yeah i think i'm final boy status as well because i'll at least have the opportunity of being in town and coming back and seeing something's gone wrong and being on high alert how about you? How about you, Adam? I don't think I would make final boy status. Oh, Man. no. I, simp, here's why. Simp. It's not for the things you think. Okay. It is, so I am a sucker for spooky things. I love horror things. I love horror places. <laughs> I've been on ghost tours. I love it. Jason running at you. I'm such a big fan. Please sign this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would I would hear about Camp Crystal Lake through the rumors and hear that it's on the other side of the river and be like, I got to go there. I need to see oh, it. You... I want to be in that energy. I want to see what happened there. Yeah. You kind of fringe on his territory. So I would be that couple that just marches into his backyard and I would see that creepy shack and be like, ooh, that's scary. Let's take some pictures there. That'd be take fun. I'd, I'd come to him, and he'd be eating his Cheerios and be like, oh, what the fetch? <laughs> He's eating his me. Wheaties, getting ready for a full day of killing teens. Just shaving with his pillowcase on. Huh? <laughs> He's got <laughs> shaving cream all down. 
in the shape of a beard. Like there's a mouth hole, even though there isn't a mouth slit in the in the pillowcase. What are you doing here? Guess you gotta die, sir. He like like checks his watch. Like you're ahead of schedule. Oh well, hey, if the killing's good, you gotta take it while it's hot. And and I come from a small town in Utah, where um, how do I say this without getting in trouble? Where where people's property, if it looked really cool and spooky, you could go if nobody catches you and it's late at night, yeah. which I did on many occasions. And so I feel like I would be the one who's like, I don't care, let's just go over there while everyone's swimming and then be all spooky and have a good time. I feel like that's also just part of being a kid, because I, I, like, I grew up in a much more populated part of the state than you did, and I had the same <laughs> attitude. Like, I'm free to go explore whatever I want as long as I'm not caught. Right. So that also might just be part of being, or we're both assholes. Everyone else is like, <laughs> what the? Fetch people's property? You don't mess around with that. <laughs> person on the couch just pointed at us as if to agree that we're strange for having that perspective. So, whoopsie. So, uh, that's final boy status. Um, what about final girl status? What do you guys think? Um, hmm. You making it to the end? You surviving? Yes. Kaylin's. Let me tell you how. <laughs> tell me. Here's how it's going to go. Please, baby, tell me. Please. Give it to you us. Ready for it? <laughs> yeah, you ready for it? Please give it to us. You this for me is sweet nothing right now. Okay. He's so close to the mic. I love it. Thanks, everybody, for coming here. Okay. Um, so what I would do is uh, I, you know, I am... Fear is a gift for me, so you know the fear of death is like, you know what, that's a good thing. You should be afraid of that. You should yeah. have that in your life. Sure. And so hearing about and knowing that there's a guy, or at least there was a woman, that there was a massacre associated with the guy, and they never found the body, and he's like a frog dude. I'm making preparations. I'm like, I'm being ready for this frog, man. I don't care what kind of leg power he's working with. I'm gonna be, I'm going to be ready. So... In preparation, because I would also be the uh, wildlife merit badge counselor. Of course, I'm yeah, reading yeah, up yeah. on frogs. I'm reading all I can on frogs, <laughs> and what I find out about frogs is that heat and salt are the natural predators of a frog. So he brings mason jars full of acid. <laughs> and how? So what I do is uh, I uh, have a simulation. I have some dummies look like they're going at it silhouettes in the okay. window okay all right make sure, make sure they move because his vision is based on movement i have like two little Full home alone again yeah. <laughs> two little shout. cords oh like yeah his butt just going up and down, up and down. <laughs> oh yeah that's it yep yep that's the one give yeah. it to me marjorie give it to me <laughs> i am a teenager and i am enjoying this wow to be young i only have old people voices for my imitations <laughs> and voices but you know given more time i probably could have done better but anyway that's what we're working on so i lure the frogman in mm. but what i really do is i got a bunch of heat lamps i got a space heater and i'm just you know it's gonna be a trap door so like I'm going to be outside oh, the window. There's going to be a trap door, trap bar, closing the window, and I'm cooking them out. And there's <laughs> going to be a like a big old bucket of salt right over the door. So when he opens that up, it's going to fall on him. So he's just going to be a shriveling mess at yeah. this point. At that point, I'm taking out a machete because, you know, an eye for an eye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to decapitate the dude. And, uh, you know... I'm going to continue to teach a lesson on emergency preparedness and wildlife <laughs> 
and show my kids the first day of camp. Full life. This is the machete that <laughs> killed the man that was going to kill me. Now, this is what you can do with preparation. Preparation is key. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. That's so wholesome at the end there. You know what? That's that's life. Sometimes you got to take a negative with a frog boy and, and make it into a positive with a machete killing. So that is how I would make it to final girl status. And everybody's getting a merit badge in my class. So there you wow. go. Yeah, win-win. You know how sometimes I go really in-depth talking about how I would defeat the villain? Yes. And as a punchline, you say to me, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> We got to a point where you're cooking a man alive inside of a room, and yeah. then when he tries to escape, you're pouring salt in his wounds, yeah. letting him suffer, mm-hmm. and then decapitating him. And the whole time I'm going, who are you? <laughs> are we sure that Jason is who we should be worried about? Oh, no, you definitely got to keep an eye on me. But <laughs> <laughs> Especially because you turned around and you're like, and then I'm going to teach those kids a lesson. And I was like, whoa, what's the lesson? <laughs> <laughs> the lesson is preparedness as well they as they better you know, be prepared for me to come those kids aren't prepared let me tell you what the enemy of my enemy is my friend is the lesson here guys <laughs> life is full of consequences and lanson oh. is the consequence i'm the i'm the cure and he's the disease or something like there maybe just an ointment i don't know something yeah, like that we'll work it out topical ouchy removal cream yep mm-hmm. yep 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 do you like that i said that really far away from the mic this is yeah that's pretty cool when you do that this yes. is what the audience likes for me to be way back here way over the <laughs> what about you luke could you make final girl status this so this is a tough one because i think really what it's going to come down to is either two scenarios either i have to go hand to hand with jason and I don't think I survived that. Or I outsmart him. And here's the thing. If I compare myself to the final girl in this movie, she doesn't make a single good move until she does the fake mom thing. Right. And then after that, she screws it up even more and does more dumb stuff. Yeah. So it's like, if she makes it out, all I have to do is be smarter than her, and uh, I am. Yeah. So it's like outsmarting him i think i'd be good but if it came down to any sort of physical confrontation i don't know that i could best him even though he's like a perfectly mortal frog boy he's still been living out in the woods he's like pure animal instinct at this point so i don't think going up against him would end well for me so i don't fully know what to give myself on this one so i think what i will say is you know, okay, I'll give it to myself just for the basis of if I'm <laughs> if I'm away in town, assume and by the way, like the two characters that face off with him are the people who came back from town early. Everybody else stayed in town. I'm I'm honestly probably the type of guy where it's like, hey, if this is our last night away from camp, I'm gonna double down and I'm gonna stay out late. So All I'm probably night. not even gonna confront Jason. But if I come back, I see a bunch of people dead. I immediately leave again, which these characters don't do for some reason. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, I'm going to give it to myself just for the sake of, I think I would outsmart him and get out of the situation before it came to physical confrontation. Gotcha. I'll give myself, I'll give myself this one. Yeah. Very nice. I think that's fair. Well, awesome. Could you survive it? Could you make final girl status? 
let us know. Uh, awesome doing the podcast. Our next movie, if you're following along and want to want to keep up with us, um, I'm trying to find it on the cheat sheet. Is Tucker and Dale going to be Tucker and Dale. Dale versus Evil? Going to get a little more lighthearted, but yeah. just as gory fun. So yeah. that'll be a fun one. Uh, so watching it in the it's meantime. Gonna be, it's going to be so nice to watch that after watching this one and thinking about it for a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's going to be good fun. Now this is out of sight. It is out of mind. I can just put it behind me and live my best life. So, before, I think before we started recording, you said, I remember about 20% of this movie. When we when we press stop recording, you will remember 0% of this movie. <laughs> It'll be gone. I'll be like, what just happened for the last hour? Full I don't even what, remember. Full memory wipe. Just, just totally gone, which I'm fine with. I, I'd prefer that. So, uh, yeah. Anyone have anything they want to plug? This show. Continue <laughs> to watch it. We appreciate you guys. Final Boy status. We have fun making it. Have fun, uh, you know, making fun of movies, especially when they're of the cheesy variety like this one. Find us on Spotify. And wherever you find your po- your podcast, YouTube, we have a video. Yep. You can you look at our faces YouTube. if you're YouTube. not watching us there? Yep. So, thank you guys. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I I don't want to say too much about it yet, but there's going to be some changes coming to the show pretty quickly here, um, and I'm just like really psyched that even though we've had to make changes. Uh, we're still pushing forward and we're still doing the show. I have so much fun doing it and I'm just glad that we're moving forward with it. Um, so I will also say like, yeah, please keep checking this show out. I can't really say, uh, there's a thing that Adam and I are both working on, but I'll let Adam plug that, uh, in terms of what I'm up to, it's not much. So just follow me on Twitter and anytime I post like a YouTube video or something, when I make those, you can see that there. So I'm at Luke Howder on Twitter l-u-k-e-h-a-u-e-t-e-r uh other than that yeah i don't really have anything going on that i know of he's letting me do it because i never have anything to plug so i do appreciate (laughs) making it sound like i do stuff with my life i'm in a uh podcast which is a uh, dnd podcast um it's also in video form we play some dnd super fun i'm a character on it so it's a kind of like a steampunk punk western sort of thing so check it out it's called worlds beyond uh is the podcast name so should be a good time luke is a writer for it so it's a good time we did it we bested the frog boy good for us i didn't but good for us (laughs) all right guys let's go watch part three see oh jesus (laughs) please no This has been an underqualified Idiocracy Media production, produced by Lanson Lappin, Adam Bone, and Luke Houter. You can find additional content and final boy status updates on the YouTube channel for Underqualified Idiocracy Media. Uncut and extended episodes are available at patreon.com slash lukehouter. Theme music was written by Rachel Robison. You can hear more of Rachel's music at rachelrobisonmusic.com. You can also find her work on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Robel Racheson. Temporary artwork provided by Luke Howder and Lewis Conrad.
This podcast was recorded in underqualified studios and edited by Luke Howder with special thanks to Mike Fuchs for providing audio assistance. The illustrious voice acting providing the intro and outro to this episode is Shane Alvey of the Paradox Files voice acting. You can explore more of his work on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at The Paradox Files. Thank you for tuning in. And never say, I'll be right back.